This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. We can change our situation now. And so if you've been diagnosed with with cancer or any kind of health issue, then you have to be able to use some of these tools like breathing, take a deep breath and just slow down and start to think about the present rather than worrying so much about the future. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 66 of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Thank you so much for joining us. You may have noticed uh, several weeks back a little slight change to the beginning of each show of the podcast where it starts off with the words, this is the Cancer Radio Network. And you might be wondering, what is Lee talking about? What is this Cancer Radio Network thing? Well, it is my goal, based on the success of the Colon Cancer Podcast, to see if I can find a way to expand our reach into... Uh, other areas uh, in terms of sharing human, inspiring human stories as it relates to other forms of cancer. As I was looking around on iTunes, which is the largest library of podcasts, there really is uh, a lack of shows similar to the colon cancer podcast out there to support people who might be dealing with other forms of cancer, breast cancer, pancreatic cancer, whatever it might be. So it's my goal to uh, add additional podcasts under the umbrella of the Cancer Radio Network. Now, that doesn't mean that I would be hosting all of these shows, but uh, I'm looking for an opportunity, and this is where I'm asking for your help. I'm looking for an opportunity perhaps to partner with people, people who might be uh, active in the breast cancer community or the pancreatic cancer community, the prostate cancer community, whatever it might be, who would be interested and following a format like the Colon Cancer Podcast, where we can connect and interview, just like we do here, patients, survivors, caregivers, medical professionals, as a way to offer hope and inspiration to people affected by those diseases. So if you know of uh, someone that might be a good person for me to talk to, I'd appreciate it if you would connect us. Uh, best way to do that is via email. You can reach me at uh, on email at lee at thecancerradionetwork.com. And I appreciate uh, any connections that you can help us make. Also, another way that you can help the show is we're always looking for guests with inspiring stories. So if you know someone, perhaps it's even yourself, that uh, would be a great guest for the Colon Cancer Podcast. You can uh, recommend them uh, using the link on my site, which is thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash guest. And just answer a few questions. Tell me why you think they'd be a great guest for the show. And uh, we'll take a look. We're, like I said, we're always looking for uh, great guests to feature here on the Colon Cancer Podcast. 
If you have an ostomy and are experiencing leakage, that is not normal and you don't have to live with leakage. Feeling secure is important to be able to do the things you enjoy without worrying that you may have to deal with an embarrassing leak. Skin-friendly Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Colaplast are designed to prevent the edges of your barrier from lifting and help to keep your barrier securely in place. They are elastic and are designed to move with you as you bend and stretch. The innovative Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Colaplast are a skin-friendly alternative to tape and are available for you to try today. Don't let leakage rule the day. Call 1-855-430-9500 today to receive a free sample of Brava Elastic Barrier Strips. If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com sample and they'll ship one out to you. No strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the code CCPOD, you will get 10% off your first order. Some events taking place over the next couple of months. You can tell it's summertime because as I look at the lineup of events, it's all about walking and running. That's where we're focused on uh, over the summer, which is great. And that begins with uh, the next stop on the Undy Run Walk, which takes place in one of my favorite big cities, Chicago, coming up on Saturday, May the 13th at Lincoln Park Southfields is the Chicago Undy Run Walk, the 5K Run, the One Mile Fun Walk. Those of you in and around the Chicago area, come on out and support this wonderful event. Registration and all the information can be found on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Then uh, on the same day for the folks down in Lubbock, Texas, is the Lubbock Scope It Out 5K. So that is taking place same day as the Chicago Undy. That is taking place at Lubbock Christian University. We have a fashion show event coming up later on in May. Uh, that takes place on May the 21st, which is a Tuesday, if memory serves me right. It is a Tuesday from 11.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. This is for the folks out in California in Menlo, Menlo uh, Park Circus Club is where the event is taking place in Atherton, California. And this is a fashion show luncheon event where the proceeds of this will go to benefit the Colon Cancer Alliance. As we continue to scroll through the calendar and we flip over to the month of June, uh, we've got the Rock and Roll Marathon Race Series. This includes uh, different types of running events, including a half marathon. And this is taking place on June the 3rd in San Diego, California. Uh, two weeks later, the Undie makes its next stop, the Undie Run Walk. And that is on June 17th in Portland, Oregon. Uh, from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and I'm going to stick my neck out here, and I'm going to guess that 
we'll be doing something there to honor our and the memory of our dear friend Nate Allen. Uh, the Rock and Roll Marathon series moves up to Seattle, and that takes place on June the 18th. And then the Undie goes from Portland over to Denver, and that is on Saturday, June 24th, 7 a.m. at City Park, the Denver Undie Run Walk. And that rounds out uh, all of the Run Walk events in terms of timed official events. Then we've got one last event that's a fun, untimed uh, run. This is the Terminators event. This is also on June 24th for the folks in or around Case, South Carolina. Information on all the events that I've covered can be found on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Just click on the link that says events and you get all the information you need. I want to welcome and say thank you to our newest sponsor, Exact Sciences, manufacturer of Cologuard. Cologuard is the first and only FDA-approved, non-invasive, stool DNA-based colon cancer screening test. It's for patients 50 and older at average risk of colon cancer. Cologuard is shipped directly to you where you can provide a sample in the comfort of your own home and ship it back to the lab, postage prepaid. Cologuard is not for everyone. It is not a replacement for diagnostic or surveillance colonoscopy in high-risk individuals. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. Cologuard is available by prescription only. Ask your doctor if Cologuard is right for you. Find out more information by visiting their website at cologuardtest.com. I'm really excited about this week's guest. Uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. This is the first time that I'll be interviewing or have interviewed someone that's not a cancer patient, survivor, caregiver, or medical professional. My guest this week is Bruce Langford. And Bruce and I met actually about a year and a half ago at the PodFest conference, which was in Tampa, Florida, and then reconnected again at this year's conference in Orlando. And Bruce is a terrific guy, and Bruce is a life coach, and his area of specialty is mindfulness. And he has a wonderful podcast. I was fortunate enough uh, to be invited by Bruce to be a guest on his show for episode 200. So you can listen to that and you can learn all about Bruce on his website, which is mindfulnessmode.com. Mindfulnessmode.com is where you can learn more about Bruce Langford and the work he does and listen to his podcast. If you want to hear the episode where I was interviewed, you can find that. Just scroll down to episode number 200. So Bruce uh, came on the show and is going to talk to us about how mindfulness can help those of us who are dealing with the stresses and anxieties related to our disease, how mindfulness can help us deal with those issues that we all face, things like uh, anxiety and sleeplessness and those kinds of things. So join me now for my conversation with Bruce Langford. Bruce, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us on the Colon Cancer Podcast. I'm great, Lee. Thanks so much for inviting me onto the show today. Well, uh, I, I really appreciate it. And you've got something uh, a little different that we've not had the opportunity to uh, offer uh, my audience in terms of some things that can help them through their journey. And we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. 
but I'd like to start by kind of introducing the audience and give us a little bit of your background, how you came to be a life coach and uh, with a focus on mindfulness. Well, I was a teacher in a school, Lee. I was a music teacher and really enjoyed teaching music. And it was a way that, uh, you know, my students who really had that connection to the arts could flourish. Sometimes when they were not doing well in school because they weren't academically minded, then when it came to music, that's where they started to blossom. And then school became something very valuable and important for them. I really enjoyed making school fun because I think if we enjoy our, where, where we are, what we're doing, then we can learn a lot more easily. So it's really positive experience for me. But when I, I started to notice back in 2003 that some of the kids were being picked on and bullied, I decided to start working in that field, the field of bullying, and started doing presentations and workshops. And from there, I transitioned into the field of mindfulness because I began to realize more and more that if you could really help kids understand what mindfulness means, and not just kids, adults too, then all of a sudden life becomes easier. They become more focused. We become more centered and grounded and just simply happier. And that's really how I got here. Now I work in the field of mindfulness almost all the time, helping everyone, everyone I work with, my clients, whether they're suffering from a state of overwhelm, whether it's anxiety, whether they have health issues, this whole area of mindfulness can really, really make a big difference in your life because otherwise you can just be drown drowning in stress and anxiety so for those that don't know what is your definition of mindfulness mindfulness is living in the moment realizing that right here this moment right now things are okay i'm going to be okay i'm not going to stress so much about the past i'm not going to worry so much about the future and I'm not going to judge. I, you know, as human beings, we do judge situations. We judge other people. We judge ourselves. But mindfulness teaches you to do that way less, not judge others, not judge yourself so much. And that relieves a lot of the anxiety and stress that we often carry with us. I see. And you touched on the three things that I know resonate with probably 99.9% .9 of my audience, and that is feeling overwhelmed, dealing with anxiety, and dealing with health issues. So uh, what I want to start with is cancer patients and those and their loved ones. Uh, many of us are, spend a lot of time thinking about the future and what is our future and will I even have a future. Talk to me specifically on how someone in that situation who raised their hand and said, yes, that's me. That's what I'm dealing with right now. How can mindfulness help that person? Well, mindfulness can help because absolutely, if we become so worried about the future, it can completely stop us in our tracks. It can sabotage us. We have to be able to take it back and think about now. Okay, am I okay right now? What's happening right now? Let me evaluate this situation. And mindfulness 
takes us back into that present moment. And there are a few mindfulness tools to help you do that. But specifically, you're probably going to hear some voices in your head that are saying, hey, you know, what's going to happen? What's what does the future hold? You better figure this out. And it just can be so stressful to be listening to those voices and feeling that you, you've just got to know what the future holds. And in fact, none of us do. That's the bottom line. We don't know what the future holds, but we can change our situation now. And so if you've been diagnosed with, with cancer or any kind of health issue, then you have to be able to use some of these tools like breathing, take a deep breath and just slow down and start to think about the present rather than worrying so much about the future. And how are there different mindfulness techniques? So the, the two that the, the two major situations that I'm thinking of, even from a personal experience, uh, you know, with my own journey with the disease, is that thinking ahead, as well as there's a term that's uh, very common in the cancer world uh, called scanxiety. So we're having anxiety about either an upcoming uh, scan, like a CT scan, a PET scan, an MRI, or we just had the exam and there's a waiting period until we get the results. And this term scanxiety is used quite often uh, in our community. And it's a real thing that people, uh, including myself, seriously, seriously struggle with. Uh, what, what tips and what advice do you have for folks that are facing this scanxiety? Well, just to expand a little bit more on what I mentioned about breathing, one of them is to just stop and notice your breathing. Don't try to change it right away but just stop and notice and what most of us feel what most of us notice is that we're breathing in a very shallow way and part of the stress is coming from the fact that you know you're not filling your your body up with air the way you normally can so if you stop and you take a deep breath in through your nose and hold it for two seconds and then let it out slowly over the count of, of eight counts. Just let it out slowly and then repeat that. So in for four, hold it for two, and out for eight. And that's one tool that my clients that I work with really find helpful. And another one, is using a mantra because our minds can really get carried away about, as you said, scanxiety, worried about what that scan is going to reveal. And we have to just, like I said before, live in the moment. So think of a mantra, think of, and all that is, is just think of a, of a sentence that, that makes you feel relaxed. There are certain words that, can calm you down. I feel calm and relaxed at this present moment. Saying something as simple as that over and over, I feel calm and relaxed at this present moment. That in itself can actually help you feel more calm 
and relaxed because then your mind is just thinking about that. It's not running all over the place, running away, thinking about the scan that's coming up and what might happen. So using that method of just repeating uh, a sentence over and over at certain times when you're feeling that higher level of stress, that can really make a big difference. And another one that you can combine with those things is get out into nature. Use the benefits of nature, whether that means going for a walk or going for a run, but get out there in nature. Get in there with the trees and, and the, the grass and out there where you're really feeling a sense that, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm here in nature. It makes a big difference. It can really help us. Being in nature, you're, you're also talking about taking that moment to acknowledge and observe everything that's around you using exactly. as many of your senses as you can. Exactly. Exactly. I know that we respond to what we're seeing visually, whether you're, you're at a lake or an ocean, you're near the ocean and you see the waves and that can have a tremendous calming effect on, on us as human beings. So water is very powerful, whether that means a river, a lake, an ocean, or maybe you just have a small little water fountain sitting on your desk. That can be, it can remind you of nature and can give you a sense of calm and a sense of peace. So nature is really important. And then the other one is exercise. Our bodies need it. As a matter of fact, endorphins are created in our bodies when we get up and move and make our bodies move whether that's jogging or swimming or whatever it is get up and move and that can really make you feel so much better those endorphins they they just can almost act like morphine doctors have have done studies and and found out that that's exactly what happens they almost react on our body like morphine does it gives us a sense of of relaxation, of peace, and it's it's the best kind of natural medicine you can you can do is if you can exercise and get your body creating those quote unquote medicines in your body. That's fascinating, and, and I've read those studies that uh, you know that echo what you said that just that movement what it what it does, and and you and I shared when uh, when I was on your show. Uh, the importance that exercise certainly was was for me, um, not, not just physically, but uh, psychologically as well. And I, I think it's important too, just understanding who our audience is, that exercise is whatever you're physically able to do. Uh, if it's walk to the mailbox and back, that's great. Uh, I had a, um, a woman on the show several weeks, several months ago, excuse me, Jean DiCarlo Wagner, and she teaches yoga, Bruce, that people can even do in their bed or in a recliner. And I thought that was fascinating. That is. Your show, Mindfulness Mode, you've been doing it for how many years now? 2015, so a couple of years. Okay. What was the most, can you think of, uh, of one mindfulness tip that you heard from a guest that really struck you as, as interesting and, and one that you'd not thought of that might uh, benefit our audience here? 
So one thing my guests often mention is the benefit of meditation. And meditation means so many different things to different people. It might not mean sitting cross-legged on a cushion with incense burning, although those can be something that you might want to do. You might want to put on some incense and just relax and meditate. But meditation for some people could be prayer. If, if you're a Christian, for example, that could be your form of meditation or whatever religion you're a part of, or even if you're not, you may have a practice that is like meditation. So, so many different forms of meditation where what you're really doing, Lee, is you're calming your mind. You're, you're just slowing down, calming your mind, and our, our brains really do need to have that state of, of rest, a break. And scientists have done studies and found out that if you start meditating on a regular basis, and this could be just 10 minutes a day for three weeks, it actually changes the neural pathways in your brain. It makes changes, physical changes in your brain. You can start to feel more relaxed, more calm. So just taking time to sit down, close your eyes, and quiet down your mind. Now, you can use that method I mentioned earlier of having a mantra that you're just repeating one simple thing over and over. You can focus on the breath, focus on the air going in and the air going out. And just by simply focusing on your breath, you're not focusing on so many other concerns and worries. So just slowing down your mind. This is what comes to me many times from my guests on mindfulness mode is the importance importance of meditation. So it's even if it's something you've never done before, it's never been part of your your habits or routines, it can really help you. And I find that that's something that is new that comes into someone's life, like a stress factor, whether somebody passes away or you're diagnosed with an illness like cancer, then all of a sudden you feel like you're paralyzed. You can feel like the whole world is coming down on you. And so just doing that, making up your mind to just, I'm going to meditate every day for 10 minutes. This can be something that really can make a difference and help you. So even 10 minutes, it doesn't have to be a 20 or 30 minute commitment every day. No. And as a matter of fact, I would recommend that you don't try to do it for 20 minutes. As a matter of fact, if you've never tried this, just try it for two minutes. Just set the timer on your phone or a, an oven timer for two minutes and sit there, close your eyes and just decide, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything. And your mind will go places. You will think about other things. And the important thing is to not beat yourself up, not say, oh, well, I can't do this because my mind is going all over the place. Just let your mind go where it goes. Then try it again tomorrow and try it again the next day. The importance is putting a habit into place. And that's the other thing that I wanted to mention, Lee, is that when something happens like a diagnosis, it just feels like our whole world is scrambled up. So if you can put habits into place, like I know that every day at such and such time, I'm going to sit down and for five minutes, I'm going to have quiet time. I'm going to meditate. Then you don't have to think, oh, when will I meditate today? Oh, will I meditate today? 
what will I do? No, you've got that already established. It's a habit. It's a routine. And establishing a number of habits and routines will help you feel more grounded and it'll stabilize your life even in the midst of what's going on with this diagnosis. So maybe you're taking a walk at 1030 every morning. Maybe you're meditating at, at eight o'clock every morning. Maybe you're reading, doing some quiet reading every day at two o'clock in the afternoon. Having habits that you just know you do this every day can really help you to feel a lot better about where you are in life. Wonderful advice, Bruce. Those are some great actionable tips that I know the audience of the Colon Cancer Podcast can definitely put into place. Do you have any other tools that are available to our listeners that might be helpful to them? Yes. Um, a lot of times my, uh, my interviewees will mention just using some imagery, just imagining. So, for instance, maybe you can't go out and sit by the ocean. Just imagine. One of, one of the people that I interviewed who is an amazing woman, she said, you know, I was in the hospital. They were doing all kinds of tests. They were, you know, I, I couldn't do anything except I was laying in bed. And I asked them to bring a, a small dish of water and just put it beside me. And she said, I just dipped my fingers into that water. And through that and the power of imagery, I just imagined I was sitting there at a lake. I could feel the water. I could imagine the water. And it was just so powerful. And it helped me to relax. It calmed me down, even though they were they were coming and they were taking blood and there were all the machines connected to me and everything else. She said, that was my sense of calm. That's how I got through this. And I thought that was very powerful, you know, to use that kind of imagery. And, and if you need a reminder, like she did with the little dish of water beside her, that took her right to that place at the ocean where she felt that sense of calm. Wow. That is powerful. Well, Bruce, as we wrap up, I understand that uh, you do have something available for our audience that they can download some tips and tricks. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I do. I do. It's just a simple PDF that, you know, you can print it out and put it up in your room, put it beside the fridge, wherever you want. It's just a simple outline of some of these things I've talked about, the mantra, the meditation, the exercise, and you can get it by going to mindfulness mode dot com forward slash the word calm c-a-l-m and then you can download that for free so i invite you to do that and it's been a real pleasure to be on your show lee and talk about this topic of mindfulness well i really appreciate it bruce and the tips that you've shared during our conversation i know will benefit all of the patients survivors and caregivers that listen to the show just tremendously. And I, and I appreciate you know, the generosity of your time and helping the uh, folks like us that, that need these kinds of tips and tips and tools. Where can people find, find you online, Bruce? Well, they can find me at mindfulnessmode.com. That's my website. And everything basically comes out of there. You can go to my podcast. And if you, you're an iTunes user, you can just go directly to my iTunes 
podcast by going mindfulnessmode.com forward slash IT podcast, IT for iTunes. And that will that's a link that will take you directly to iTunes. But of course, you can listen on Stitcher or any of the other apps that are available for your phone. And I, I just have so many guests that have valuable tidbits to, to share about the power of mindfulness. So thank you. It's great to be on your show, Lee, and to just share the power of mindfulness with, with everyday people. That's my goal. Share it with people from all walks of life. Well, you're doing great work and you're making a difference in the world, Bruce. And I'm, and I'm uh, honored to call you a friend and uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing. And thank you for being on the Colon Cancer Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks, Lee. It's time for Ask the Doctor, where your questions about colorectal cancer are answered by Dr. Laura Porter. Hi, Dr. Laura. How are you today? Very good. How are you, Lee? I'm doing good. So today's question is one of the most commonly asked, and that is about nausea. Talk to us a little bit about the side effect of nausea. How is it treated, and what should we do if the drugs that my doctor gave me for nausea is not working? So nausea is one of the most common side effects of chemotherapy, no matter what kind of chemotherapy you're getting. Um, there are a number of different treatments, and doctors will usually start with the most common drugs for the treatment of nausea. If they don't work, ask for more drugs. There's no reason you should be nauseous. Um, there are so many different classes and mixtures that people can take. Um, so, you know, there's... Each of the different nausea medicines has a different mechanism, and if they, if they put them together, they can come up with a cocktail that could most likely work for you. Um, this is something that I'm extremely adamant about. I did an article in Coping Magazine several years ago about the issue of uh, nausea and vomiting and other side effects and how managing these will enable you to complete treatment. And this is, the, this is the most important thing, is to be able to complete treatment. So if your anti-nausea medicine is not working, ask your doctor. And I say this recently, well, in the last year, a new drug has come out for delayed onset nausea and vomiting. So that's if you have nausea and vomiting, let's say, three days after you have chemo then there's a new drug that you can take for that. So they're definitely working on it. And it's important to be um, proactive in treatment of your side effects, especially the nausea and vomiting. So get in front of it, right? Yes. Good to hear. Dr. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. And thank you to our sponsors, Coloplast, H2ORS, and Exact Sciences for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. 
If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Again, that's ccalliance.org. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.